1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Remember, we're here right through the summer at six until seven every weeknight. I'm Alison Conroy and joining me in the studio tonight is Mark Guidi. Yep, good to be here, Alison. Uh, always did it with uh, with uh, Gordon when he was hosting <laughs> and uh, old mucker Jim uh, Duffy was usually beside with day 65 of the lockdown. Is that uh, what it is? Well, I used to have a count uh, every week. Day 65, maybe a wee bit of change coming. Uh, tomorrow when uh, Nicola Sturgeon makes our announcements and uh, uh, good to have you in the, the hot seat as well you know Gordon was just he was doing well but I think it had been a long season for him I yeah. think he was due he was due a wee break I was speaking to another day Lanarkshire. he's Aye, a wee holiday said, uh, day, two of my, day two of my holidays and I'm absolutely bored um, already so I was phoning him just to congratulate him on his uh, choice of uh, box hit for us because he told me to watch The Last Dance about Michael Jordan recommended and I did I, I uh, get through it on Sunday and Monday 10 episodes and I'm not a big basketball fan by any stretch of imagination but thoroughly enjoyed it and what a great sportsman um, as well so if you haven't seen it Netflix The Last Dance top draw well there is your tip for this evening if you're looking for something to watch on television remember you can give us a call 01419511025 I think it's great I've got somebody in the studio with me tonight. Monday, Aye, Hugh was in his man cave. Tuesday, Roger was Roger. in his house. So tonight, there is someone in the studio, so no technology. Always good. Nice wee journey. Me. Nice wee journey from East Kilbride to, to Clyde Bank. Particularly uh, the, 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 in the The traffic's sunshine. a bit quieter. It is. Aye, what a day it's been. It's been a scorcher. It's been Absolutely. great. Absolutely. Long may it continue. Well, let's start with Rangers and they finally have Hadji. They've completed the permanent signing of the midfielder from Belgian side Genk on a long-term deal mark. The fee around £3 million. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we obviously get a glimpse um, of Hadji um, for, you know... Mm-hmm. Eight nine weeks or so, and there's no doubt the quality player. I think he brought something different uh, to Rangers, and in, in, in the final third, can play that number ten role, can drift out wide, um, assist free kicks. So it's good because I, I, I had my doubts with the current, the way the world is. That I thought, you know, where the club's going to get money, particularly, you know, I, I feel like that. So obviously they've worked mm-hmm. hard behind the scenes to negotiate a deal uh, with Genk, and and it's a good bit of business uh, by Rangers, and that'll be a relief for Steven Gerrard to get a player of that quality on a permanent deal. So yeah, expecting big things from Hadji. That was what Ross Wilson has said a few weeks ago as well. Just what you're saying, that the current pandemic meant that it might not have been possible. Yeah, yeah and if it didn't happen, Alison, you know, at three million, and there'll be a play, you know, there could be add-ons that'll be paid up in, in stages, you know. Gent will probably, well, that's great that they've got a bit of income coming in for somebody that they didn't see yeah. part of their long-term plans. And for Rangers, they've got a bit of quality that they can pay up. So it's worked well for everybody. And that's the way deals are going to have to be. There's going to have to be come and go now. And both sides, I think, you know, we don't really, we've not really seen it too often for a number of years now. But I think we're going to go back to the old fashioned. We have a, a lot of swap deals, you know, mm-hmm. with a kind of like for likes um, going to happen just to refresh a, a squad or somebody's been out a picture just to go and revitalise his own career. And the manager will think, I can get something out of that guy. Give me him. You can maybe have one of mine. And it just kind of freshens things up because there, there won't be, there won't be uh, a lot of money spent. There might be one or two outs for a decent. Um, bit of money but even down the road in, in England with all their riches uh, I think you'll only find there'll be four or five clubs mm-hmm. will spend uh, money and when I say spend money I'm, I'm not even talking about you know your 70, 80, 90, 100 million pound transfer fees but it'll be well below that and we would love to tell you how long the deal is for Yanis Hadji but all the club are saying is it's permanent and it's long term 
Yeah, well, long term, um, I would imagine would be three years, um, four years. I would say four if you're paying that kind of money. Mm. I would imagine it would be a minimum four year deal, maybe you know with, with an option or something like that. So listen, ideally you want the clubs to give out the information what it is, but if they don't, then they're, they're perfectly entitled to do so. The most important thing is for Stephen Gerrard, the squad and the Rangers fans, is that is that Hadji signed? He, he's nailed down, and, and they've got him for the new season. Whenever we whenever we get underway, you can tell Genk were quite excited about it because they announced it last week, <laughs> last night, and then had to say, "Actually, sorry, it's not done yet." Aye, they're just uh, getting ahead of them themselves, but it's a it's a good bit of it's a good bit of business um, for Rangers. I'm sure it won't be the last piece of business that Stephen Gerrard will, will, will want to do. Um, but like we say, it's just where we're just not sure where we're going yet mm-hmm. when football's going to start I still think we're a long way off uh, in this country but um, you know I think most clubs uh, are on the schedule June 10th I think we're allowed to, to, to come back yep. in the government guidelines um, Alison so all clubs have told their players to be ready to report back um, on that day and then it's a case of uh, seeing where we go and how quickly we can get started uh, after that. Rangers fans, what do you make of the signing of Yanis Hadji on that permanent deal? 01419511025. Well, the midfielder has been speaking to Rangers TV after the deal was completed. The top priority um, was uh, was Rangers. This is what I said also to my agents. So um, right now, it's it's the only thing I think about and I'm really happy that everything is done. I just can't wait to meet them again and... Uh, just feel that heartbeat again when, when, uh, when I score, when, when the team wins, and uh, uh, I can't wait for for amazing things to happen this season. So he told his agent it had to be Rangers, and Rangers made no secret when he came on loan that they really were looking to do a long term deal. Yeah, I mean, I think it, we, we, as I say, we, we we got a glimpse of him over you know more than a glimpse, eight nine weeks, um, and I think when you could see him in action, Alice, you could mm-hmm. tell he's got a bit about him, so. Had Rangers not been able to get the deal over the line, I think it would have been a big uh, disappointment having the boy come in, had a wee taste of it rather than start having to start someone um, from scratch. But you could see there what he said. You can tell there's genuine affection uh, in his voice uh, with what he said for, for the move that he's got. He clearly likes his manager, likes the coaching staff, likes his teammates, likes the club. So, um, and, you know, <laughs> the other wee quote that said, you know, I can't wait for amazing things to yeah. happen. So he's got a wee taste of what this is all about. Mm-hmm. He'll absolutely know what next season is all about, what's at stake. And uh, he seems up for the, the challenge already. Well, Ian and Blantyre has given us a call about that signing. Good evening, Ian. Hi there. I'm really happy to, to hear about Rangers signing Hadji. I was there, I was, I was there watching them on the, well, listening to the commentary, Ibrox and just just after the year, first of February, I was there, and he and he come on just after. I think it was just after half time. But as I said, the referee did an absolute shocker that game. So I was there. I was there about first oh, of February. I was my, mm-hmm. my brother took me in. So and it was it was quite a dire game of football, right? If it wasn't it? it was against Aberdeen. But Yanis Hadji, I think, lit the, pl- the whole place up. That's my opinion of it. Anyway, it's it's a good a good fee. Yeah, Mark, a, a decent view. It's a 21-year-old that they've got on mm-hmm. a long-term deal, three million pounds. At the start, it was five million mm-hmm. that was being mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as I say, there appears to have been a good bit of negotiation done uh, behind the scenes by by Rangers, and without um, Ian, without wishing the player away. Yeah. But I think he looks at the model of that the, the Rangers have, have said quite openly that, that they want to follow that Celtic have done so successfully. Um, you know, for I don't know a, a decade or so is. Bring them in at that age, Brian them. 
not cheap because £3 million is not a cheap mm. fee but we hear him get him on the European stage doing well and, and he, he, he turns into an 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 million pound player yeah. or, or even more so that's the kind of model um, that uh, that Rangers are looking at and, and rightly so Hadji on paper and the glimpse that they've seen of him um, if he, he fits right into that model Alison Thank you to Ian for his call. Martin in Falkirk has also given us a call. Martin, you're happy with the signing, but you're hoping it's just the beginning for Rangers. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Hadji, the glimpses that we saw of him, um, he's been a decent player. I mean, he still has proved himself over the course of that season, so that's one to watch. But I'm more interested in what else Stephen Gerrard is planning and what the board are able to back him with. I mean, Gerrard has been known to be different in the loan market. It's certainly going for the Liverpool youngsters and they've not really proven to be good enough and Rangers have come up to the most important season of their history. Um, and I don't think we should be going for untested, untried loan players. We need quality players tried and tested and I'm worried that we might not have the finances to do it. I mean, £3 million spent is a lot of money in this current climate but to be honest, we're going to do a lot more to compete with Celtic. Yeah, you, you, I can see where you're coming from, Martin. But I think you know all supporters, um, you know, particularly in Scotland and and, and including Rangers, you, you you might just you know just need to temper your level of expectation, you know, because we don't know uh, how much of of what's going on in the world in the past three months or so, how much it's really going to impact financially um, on football clubs. I would imagine it will have quite a serious impact. So I think you know you're saying we can't have tried and untested players. You need proven quality. You might not be able to get the kind of player that you would normally have been able um, to get in, Martin, for obvious reasons. That said, there's other clubs in the same boat. That's why I said earlier that, that clubs and like Stephen Gerrard, you're going to have to use your contacts, Ross Wilson and, and the scouting staff and all, all their contacts. They're going to have to be creative in how they go about their business. And if there's one or two that they think that Rangers might be happy to move on and, and, and work some swap deals and different things so um, you know I, I think that will be the way ahead rather than <clears throat> excuse me say a, a, a net spend of, of, of 10 or 12 million pounds um, over the next couple of months I just don't think that's realistic in, in, in the, the current financial situation I get, your, I, get, I get your point it's just that Rangers fan looking forward to one of the I, I get there's a lot more going on in the world right now with the financial situation but you know, this is a football show and ah, of course. No, I was talking more about financing in terms of respect do, do you think uh, is a centre half a central defender still a position that, that needs to be strengthened Martin? Uh, centre half a right back call an attacking midfielder if Gerard maybe tweaks the formation I just don't think we've got enough pace in the midfield um, another striker maybe if Morelos gets so defoe's 38 I yeah. don't know if he's got another season. He might well do it, but mm-hmm. I would like to think Greg Stewart's not really been a good run out, um, and I don't think I, mean, I could be wrong, but he doesn't seem like he's going to be in Gerard's plans going forward. Um, so I reckon another striker, another centre back, another right back, actually another goalkeeper since Fodding's been released. I think we could do yeah. a cover for McGregor. Yeah, Again, sure McGregor's that. getting old, not going to you know carry that um, something for the whole season or two. Who, Alan McGregor. I agree they need another goalkeeper but back up you know, Alan McGregor is uh, one of the best goalkeepers uh, in Britain he's been outstanding uh, in the two years he's been back at Rangers in, in the first time round so that's one position that Steven Gerrard does not need to concern himself about yeah I think Alan's maybe what 38 now 37, 38 but he's in tip top condition 
He's been one of Rangers' best players, if not the best, most consistent player uh, in the past two years. So um, I think you're right, they need cover. But again, I don't think they need to... I don't think it's a position where they'd be looking to spend money on cover again. It'd be somebody they could maybe pick up on a on a free or something like that. Some well, quality, uh, you know. The lad from Livingston, the goalkeeper for Livingston, seems quite well. I think he would be a good backup <laughs> potential um, feature player for us. Uh, Ryan Murphy, he's been playing McCrory. McCrory at, at Rangers uh, at Livingston. Yeah, yeah, he might be one that they might feel. Um, He's ready to come in and, and be a backup. Uh, Haladke, the, the St Mirren goalkeepers, been mentioned yeah, as well. I'm sure there'll be a couple of targets. The goalkeeper, St Mirren's goalkeeper as well. Yeah, Haladke, yeah, yeah. He's certainly, he's certainly a name that's on the list. Uh, I know that whether anything comes of that, I, I don't know, but he's certainly uh, on the list as, as one of the potentials. Martin wants a, a fair bit of rebuilding at Rangers this summer, but you've already touched on it. It kind of is, it's a different summer, it's a different pre-season if we can call right. it that uh, look it's all still guesswork now um, Alison and it will be guesswork for, for another few weeks no doubt first and foremost we need to find a plan to get Scottish football back and get dates in place and, and then you know clubs can work out okay we know when we're coming back because what clubs don't want to be doing now either is bringing in a couple of players when you're not training and yep. they're, they're paying them wages you know you know, for, for nothing really you know, to have like, Zoom training sessions you know, there's no point in doing that so I think supporters just need to be patient till we find out the, the exact lie of the land and then we can take it for there but I'll, I'll repeat I, I can't see there being massive um, net spends by, by, by Celtic and Rangers this summer could be a, a couple outs and I think as I said the scouting staff the management the board they'll, they'll, they'll need to be creative uh, in, in the transfer market and that's you know that's not a a criticism that's a reality yeah. and, and it's good that way you know, sometimes you've got to try to make something a wee bit different How tough in a sense will it be for Stephen Gerrard in this transfer window given they know what's at stake next season they want to be up there challenging Celtic they want to stop that 10 in a row Well there's there's no room um, for uh, there's no room for error mm-hmm. you know you know, you just they've just got to get it right um, you know that they'll feel that um, they, they've got the the measure of Celtic in a way in terms of the, the head-to-heads they'll feel like you know we know what Celtic are about uh, they'll feel that they can take care of Celtic it's the other games where you know because you, you speak to anybody I think that's one of the things where maybe Celtic haven't had enough praise sometimes I think you know people just take it for granted now because of one oh, it's easy to win a league it's not mm-hmm. It's not easy to win a league because yeah. because if it was that easy then other clubs would be doing it so it is about the mentality you know get out there making sure away from home at Rugby Park at Firth Park at Petordry at Tynecastle Easter Road that you go and you go and win your games at home as well when, it, when it's tricky you go and try and nick a goal and get a winner so Rangers know that it's not an easy thing to do it should never be taken for granted and likewise the Celtic players and the Celtic supporters Celtic have won nine in a row but it's not it's not easy so it's not going to it's not a gimme that it's going to be ten that's what makes for a fascinating battle because there's there's nerves I can remember uh, Alison 22 years ago when it, when it was the other way around yeah. and it was Rangers going for, for, for 10 and Celtic trying to stop it and the Rangers didn't make it uh, and, and I always remember Ian Janant um, saying to me a few times it, it kind of felt as if when we didn't get to 10 that, that nine, 9 counted for nothing in a way even though it was a, a phenomenal achievement it was almost as if oh, you, you didn't, know, if, you it, didn't it fell do flat that. whereas at the other side of the, the city Celtic only won 1 to stop 10 but they were on top of the world and you know fantastic mm-hmm. you know not living off it but you know it's been a team to be remembered for what they achieved so it makes a fascinating season next season but absolutely nothing should be taken for uh, for granted on, on either side Neil Lennon says he doesn't expect to do too much in the summer for him is it more about holding on to certain players? 
yeah, I mean, I, I think, um, um, you know, I think Fraser Foster's a, a priority, how they, they work that one out. I see Olivier and Sham's been linked with a move to, to Southampton. Edward, Dodson Edward will be will be sought after, uh, there's no doubt. And, you know, again, with, with, with the financial situ- situation in the world, or, or the uncertainty of the financial situation, clubs down south or in La Liga or, or wherever, Germany, Italy, might think that... Well, we could we could go to Scotland and pick up a bargain. You know, we might be able to get a Morelos at this price. We might be able to get a an Edward or a, or a yeah. McGregor or, or a whoever it may be. Um, you know, for cheaper than than normal. So that's a danger. But certainly, yeah, for for Neil Lennon, if you had to say to him now, um, nobody's coming in, but you're not losing anybody. Considering the current situation, I think he'd probably be happy with that and, and take that. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We're back after the travel with Stephen. Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Your comeback is on TalkToThompsons.com This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Mark Guidi joining me Alison Conroy through until 7 o'clock tonight Well the SPFL clubs will discuss reconstruction plans next week The board met today to discuss Anne Budge's latest reconstruction proposal They say they will now facilitate a series of divisional meetings starting with the Premiership clubs on Monday So all 42 will have a chance to discuss the proposals in detail Mark, briefly Anne Budge has suggested a 14-14-14 set up only for the next two seasons, meaning mm-hmm. Hearts would remain in the top flight. Now, it needs to be voted through, of course, by all the other clubs mm-hmm. and they would need 11 of the current top flight teams to back it. Yeah, well, first of all, I'm not in favour of reconstruction, mm-hmm. um, but if they if they are to have reconstruction, I think they've got to increase it to 44 and, and allow, you know, Kelty and uh, Brora yeah. to go. I think that's only fair. Anything else, you know, just leaves a bad taste. I mean, even though I'm not in favour of it, Although I think what was done to, to Hearts and Patrick Thistle was absolutely disgraceful. However, I can't see the votes getting through. And I just think in this period of uncertainty, Alison, why would you change things change things just now when we don't know what's ahead? So stick with the status quo just now. And if it's really that important to clubs, then do it properly. Come up with a plan to put in place a couple of years down the line so that everybody can plan for it. But in the middle of the current situation that we're in, uh, you know, I just can't get my head around the, the, the thought of uh, reconstruction. Aberdeen chairman Dave Cormack said straight away that he would back it, but Stennis Muir and Elgin have already said they're against it, more or less for the reasons in a way that you're given that the timing is wrong. They're saying, look, yeah. wait and see what's going to happen. Can we get leagues back up and running? Yeah. Can we not? Yeah, I, you know, I just think just now stick with what you've got and then make a plan once we know when we're back to football, but to reconstruct. Um, Scottish football uh, across all the divisions uh, in a rushed manner when we don't know when we're going to be starting how many I mean realistically there's, there's some chat that we might the lower leagues might only play half a season from January to May yeah, and play 20, 18, play 20 18, games 20 or whatever games, it may yeah. be so I'm just thinking to myself we've got enough on our plate to, to deal with without then having uh, reconstruction uh, like I say though I get it I feel heart, sorry for Hearts and, and Partick Thistle and for Brora and, and, uh, and Kelty totally um, unfair but that said I just don't think you you add to the if you want to call it the madness you know I, I think that only only adds to it if you really think reconstruction is the way ahead do it properly and put a plan in place for two years down the line so that people can plan for it 01419511025 is the number Kenny and Airdrie is a Hearts fan he's given us a call hello Kenny Hi Alison and uh, I was going to say Roger again there Mark Hi Kenny uh, 
No, Mark, I was just listening to what you were saying there, and I've been thinking it since this lockdown happened. I really, I really do believe there's no need for change in any of the leagues. You know, it's just unfortunate the way it's panned out. Uh, but I, I'm with you. I think the leagues need to stay the same, and whatever happens to the clubs with their fate, you know, fingers crossed there's actually clubs to follow at the end of this. Yeah. No, I, I agree, Ken. I just don't think, you know, we could change things now. In two months from now, we might need to change again mm-hmm. and we might need to change again another two months after that and we could end up, you know, uh, and I hope this is not the case, but we could reconstruct for 42 or 44 clubs but the time football gets back up and running, whenever that may be, from the top down to the, the, the bottom league, we might only have 30 clubs left to, to work with. Yeah, which is a sad reality. You know, yeah, it is. So I think just now, as again, as much as I'm heart sorry for, for Hearts and Patrick Thistle, I don't think it's fair at all the way that vote... Uh, was put through particularly the way it was rushed over 48 hours um, but that said I don't think that reconstruction at this moment in time is the right thing to do I, I, Mark I totally agree mate I don't think there's uh, I, I think it's just everybody panicking you know what I mean a pandemic it, it kind of puts the, the fear into everybody you know about the way everything's happened but uh, I, I'd like to give a big shout out to the Foundation of Hearts who've now talked over 10 million yeah. and yeah, uh, really supporting the club you know what I mean that's been absolutely brilliant The effort of the foundation uh, Of Hearts over the past What is it now Kenny Six, seven five. years Five years Five um, It's been It's been uh, Outstanding And you know As much as Anne Budge You know the, the um, She's been under a bit of pressure and a, and a bit of scrutiny Probably over the past kind of, Certainly six months But maybe even You know As far back as a year I think that You know I hope that Everything that All the good work that she put in In conjunction with the foundation Of Hearts And all the stuff Way back at the start isn't overshadowed by the by the current uh, situation. Yes, there's things that she probably wishes she'd she'd done differently and and handled better in the past few months. But that said, over the piece, you know, she's been she's been first class for hearts. Oh, she, she certainly has. I, th- I think the, the the awkward thing is, Mark. She she wasn't a, she's not a football person. She's a fan, uh-huh. you know, and she 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 stepped in when it was needed to help. But I think Mister Levine lost his way as, as much as I didn't like saying that because he he was a true legend of the club as a player. Uh, and they only want to take us to the Champions League, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I think uh, if Anne gets the right, sort of, if, if Daniel stays or whoever comes in when we all start back, I think we've just got to be positive and, and be thankful to have actually seen a game of football. I've got two kids climbing the wall here, no <laughs> training, no football. You're, you're not the only one. Do you yeah. think? Do you think? Would you like to see Daniel Stendhal stay on if it's if it's Championship football, Kenny, or do you think they should maybe bring in somebody with a wee bit more knowledge of 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 that level in the Scottish game in general, I'm thinking of you know off the top of my head, like a a Tommy Wright or a Neil McCann, something like that. Do you think that that they would be better placed or stick with Stendhal? I'm off for sticking with Stendhal. You know, I mean, he came in and very as, as you know yourself, Mark. He came in in very awkward situation. You know, yeah. stands incomplete, passes certificates not done, and uh, Craig Levine and McPhee still there. You know, I mean, that that can't be very nice when you're going into your work and the the previous manager who has been removed for the position is still stoning about the stadium and mm. getting him a guided. But you know, yeah, yeah, I, it was it was awkward, awkward um, circumstances. But it, it just I, I don't know. I think just hearts one. Free fall by then, um, unfortunately, although again, there was still there was still time to try and get themselves out of the situation, but the, the season was cut short, unfortunately. Thank you to Kenny for his call. He's a Hearts fan who thinks that there's no need for reconstruction. Well, Stephen and East Colbride, you're a Rangers fan, and you think that reconstruction could benefit the game at the moment. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at it from the point of view that we've got a lot of 
large football clubs out with the top flight, whether it's Dundee, Dunfermline, Falkirk. Um, these are clubs that have got a good, strong fan base. Mm-hmm. And if they're allowed back into the top flight and move into a 14 or a 16 team league, you'd like to think if they're managed correctly, as in financially, that they're going to be able to play slightly more free-flowing football, slightly risk um, risk-free football because the league's a lot bigger. You know, there's there's not as many people down at the bottom level that are exposed to relegation, which would hopefully mean that we would see more youngsters, more Scottish footballers coming through. Because let's be brutally honest, whilst Celtic and Rangers have done phenomenally well in Europe in recent years, and Celtic have dominated Scottish football, we've not been to a major tournament from an international perspective for 22 years. Uh, there's no sign of us getting anywhere close other than the you know the Euro playoffs. Um, you know we weren't competitive in our group again this time. You know the, the Scottish game, in my opinion, needs a drastic overhaul. And you know I can understand where chairmen are looking at the pennies, but I think we ought to to make some changes. You know the, the six and six. You know the split. It doesn't really work, in my opinion. Um, you know it works financially for these clubs, and there's good money coming in from Sky now. But we need to look at the bigger picture. What way, what, not, what, way, what way does it not not work, Stephen? Because I totally disagree with you on that point. I think it works brilliantly. I think there's great excitement. The only thing that I would it adds say to is, the is, drama. Is, in a sense. Yeah, I would actually. The only thing I would look at would be, and I know clubs when they vote for it, but would would add another re- relegation, a playoff spot into the into the bottom tier of our mm-hmm. um, top six. But I think the drama, everything, Stephen. I disagree with you one hundred percent. I think the top twelve and the split works really, really well. Do you think the Scottish football is in a good place just now? Um, is it in a good place uh, in terms of drama and excitement over the piece? I, I think it's a, in a decent place. It's never going to be perfect. I, I, I can't quite get my head around the, the, the argument where the set up of Scottish football um, is to be blamed or should, should be held with... responsible for um, the fact that the national team haven't qualified for 22 years. I think that's just taking far too much of a simplistic view uh, of the whole situation um, so I, I well, think I, I considering mean, what we've got and the resources and the finances in our game I think we've got a, a, a more than decent product but are we producing the quality of player that's going to get us to a major tournament well t- uh, at the moment we've not qualified for 22 years so, so you have to say no um, is that totally down to, to the clubs uh, I don't think so but moving to a, a 16 team league does that mean all of a sudden uh, we're, we're, we're going to be qualifying for major finals again I think it's just it's far too simplistic to, to, to say that. I mean, for many years, we've probably, you know, a lot of the Scottish clubs have neglected the, the homegrown, you know, due to the Bosman, you know, a lot. Let's be honest, Rangers have to blame for a lot of things in the 90s. Big spending football clubs bringing in players from overseas, high wages, you know, crippled the Scottish game for a good few years. I know your Hamilton Aki's Falkirk's get rid of their academy in, in the last 12 months. You know, I mean, a lot of these clubs, you know, have got the, the potential. You know, they've got the stadiums, they've got the fan base. They're now just out with the reaches of the, the money. But if, you know, governance is a bit better, possibly, you know, we might be producing more players and we might be producing players who are actually allowed to play, you know, without fear. Yeah. Because, let's be honest, a lot of these clubs are playing with fear because what we're going to be talking, what you're talking about with Hearts, Hearts are in for a severe financial penalty being relegated from the top league. Mm-hmm. And that's going to cost them massively. You know, and that's where... The twelve-team league, you know, it's, it doesn't allow that. It still, it still doesn't allow that, even though we went from a ten to a twelve-team league. Mm-hmm. 
That's just, that's just my point Yeah I, 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 I know what you're saying Stephen The other way and I, I would flip it round You're saying you know You want players to, to be able to Or youngsters certainly To be able to play Without fear and stuff like that And I'm thinking okay I get that But I would counter that by saying But you also want to see them tested Well there's a game with an edge to it yeah, and it's really competitive. So you know, not, you know, there, there's there some sense, to, to, so you, you need to be more meaningless games. Oh well, you do, yeah. you do, Alison. You know, unless you really open it up at the bottom, it's not that we can, you know, add an extra two European places at the top. That, that's not going to happen. So mm-hmm. you, the only way would be, would be to make it more um, competitive and and you know a bigger uh, element of danger um, at the at the bottom. But I mean, you look at it um, just what in the past decade. In terms of what Scottish football in the whole um, has tried, from Martin Vota coming in with it with the Project Twenty Twenty, mm-hmm. you know the performance school to then Martin Vota going, then Gordon Strachan and Brian McLeod putting something in place. Now we've got Malcolm Mackay, all different things at clubs that you know to revamp it and to reschedule and try and bring players through. They certainly try, <clears throat> and it is as simple as any ills that we have in our game or any question marks would disappear if we just qualified for one tour. Yeah. See if we qualify for this, the, the Euros next summer, Euro 20 or Euro 2021. Mm-hmm. I really think Scottish football is perfect just because of that one and it could be a bounce of the ball against Israel or against Serbia or Norway or whatever and all of a sudden everything's perfect. So we're trying, you know, you can't fault our game for effort and try to put things right but for whatever reason and it'll be a number of reasons it's just not going away uh, internationally. Yeah, you touched on this earlier as well in terms of you could do this reconstruction then it, it gets to and we don't have the clubs there mm-hmm. anymore. How much do you fear for that when you look down to the, the lower leagues and these clubs, they're living hand to mouth yeah. down there? I, I, I think, you know, lower leagues, I think some of our, our senior teams, I think they just, they, they need a focus, Alison. They, they need a date quickly. L- like down the road, I think they're looking at maybe June the 20th now mm-hmm. they're starting date contacts coming in uh, as from tomorrow you know games and stuff like that so they've now got a goal and a proper focus up here we have nothing at the moment Abs- apart from you're back to training at June the 10th what's training going to be like is it the way it's been in England for the past couple of weeks where it's non-contact will there be contact allowed we're not 100% yeah. sure about that yet when's the league going to start are we going to kick off with the League Cup are Rangers going to have to go away and play in Europe when are Scotland going to play Who's going to when do the Champions League qualifiers start for, for next season? All the different things, it's it's all up in the air. So, first of all, domestically we need a focus. And by that I mean when is the league season going to start? When is Ian Blair going to get the chance to, to put the the, yeah. the the fixtures out? Ian Blair, great man, I like Ian Blair at the SPFL. So he'll be itching to get the the, the, to the, the, the fixtures out and get things going as we all always love to see the, the fixtures coming out. So uh, you put all that into it. reconstruction, that's why I think no. Let's just focus on, on a date and getting football um, back. And then down the line, look at it, because if we come up with a real good reconstruction plan, Alison, you might be able to go back to, to Sky and say, listen, this is our plan, Sky. So, right, good, well, we like what we've got, we'll run with what mm-hmm. we've got, but here, here, here's a two-year extension already because we really like that. There's more money in the game. So, But just to rush everything through the now when there's so much uncertainty just doesn't add up for me. Of course, testing will be a big thing. They're doing it down south. The Premier League have confirmed today they've tested just over a thousand players and staff in this round. Yeah. Of those, four tested positive from three clubs. <coughs> so there's encouragement there that it's a low number, but they are getting yeah. those positive results and managing to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And again, I said in the programme for a number of weeks now, um, Alison, you look at all the wealth and everything that they've got at their disposal, you know, that... that the best of gear, the best of facilities, you know, the, the, all the, the, the testing kits that they've got. But, you know, money money can't take COVID away. No. You know, it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter how rich you are or, or how put. So you think of the advantages that they've got down south with all the money. We don't have that up here. You know, clubs are, you know, quite right. I think £4,000 a week 
you know, to, to, to do tests. We can't afford yeah, four that. For, well, I'll, exactly. I'll pick out four no. for they put a statement out the other day and said we simply can't afford can't. to do that no. every week. That's before wages and everything else. So unless uh, there's a massive injection of cash coming from somewhere to subsidise all these, I don't know if that's through the government, whatever, I don't know, maybe a new league sponsor might come in and throw plenty at it and they've got mm-hmm. money to dis- uh, distribute. I don't know, but I, I, I did look at the, read the, the idea of the lower leagues not getting underway to maybe January and playing almost like half a season. Mm-hmm. And if you to offer me a free bet just now, Alison, I think that's what I would go with for the for the lower leagues. This is Clyde One at Super Scoreboard. We'll hear from Livingston's third choice keeper about his Twitter poll after the travel with Stephen. Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, helping you return to action. Talk to Thompson's.com. Mark Guidi here with me, Alison Conroy on Clyde One at Super Scoreboard this Wednesday evening. I want to go back onto the lines in a minute, but I want to hear from the Livingston third choice keeper just to clear something up. Mark, you were aware of this Twitter poll that appeared earlier in the week. Um, Livingston took to Twitter to ask if Gary Mealy deserved a new deal or not. Now, it's got around 200,000 votes so far. People thought that's a bit harsh, this guy's future. He's 37, he's part-time. But they have explained exactly why. I'll let Gary explain it. I'm close friends with David Martindale and um, he phoned me to come and have a look at a couple of issues that I could maybe get some of my guys to come and fix with the drainage in the dressing room. Um, and then David mentioned my contract uh, about extending it next season. I says, look, you know, give it to one of the kids. I'm 37, getting older now. So, as you know, I've... <laughs> I'm, I'm nearly done, if you like. So, um, David says, look, we'll have a bit of, we'll have a bit of fun. We'll have a laugh. We'll, we'll put a poll out on Twitter. I didn't mind. It was, I just I just took it as the banner was intended. And um, David says, look, I'll put a pound in per vote because we thought we'd get 500, 500 votes or something and put it to the charity. And then, um, obviously, it's escalated. Something ridiculous. And David soon withdraw that, withdrew that offer. And then... Yeah, that's where it started from. Looks as if I'm going to win the vote. So, yeah, I think I'll extend my, my deal for another year. But I've said I'm going to donate the next two months' wages to the charity. And David Martindale is going to match my wages and we're just going to donate that. So it's all it's all turned out for a good cause. And, and it gives the, the, the charity a bit of publicity as well. It's the John O'Byrne Foundation, which... Um organise these things for terminally ill children yeah, so it's I know, all I know John, yeah. John Aburn, uh, yeah, it is a, it's a really good um, charity and he does really really well mm. he does great work so that's a brilliant cause I'm delighted about that yeah it's a lovely gesture although I have yeah. to say when you hear him saying I'm 37 I'm nearly done <laughs> <laughs> you can kind of think I'm you just give it to one of the kids make sure yeah. you know the, the, the third choice goalie or the under 18 goalie <coughs> excuse me or whatever um, get sorted but what because my, my mate phoned me Monday night after mm. listening to Super Scott, he says, what about this? He was incredulous. He said, I can't believe well, we heard from Livingston you. He was treating, absolutely raging. treating this boy this way. And uh, I thought we thought it was a, a, a kid, you know, a 17, 18 year old mm-hmm. goalie. And I thought, that's, that's poor. They shouldn't be doing that. That's no way to, to decide the, the, the fate of a, of a young um, footballer. And then, of course, it, it transpires uh, the story uh, behind it. And it's all uh, <laughs> worked out well. And it nearly had. Livingston 200 grand I was going to say um, you can imagine David Martindale out just out checking pocket. that Twitter poll going oh right wait a minute I so, need uh, so no it was good it's actually turned out to be a good wee bit of fun there's a charity got it in the end Gary Mealy has got his uh, his contract and uh, you know as much as they want to admit it Livingston maybe just learned, just learned a wee lesson just to be careful in future 
Absolutely. Well, let's go back onto the lines and Andrew and Castle Milk has given us a call. Hello, Andrew. How are you doing, panel? Good. I'd like to ask you a wee question. Mm. Is Anne Budge the most untrustworthy person and self-interested person in Scottish football at the moment? Do you do you think she is, Andrew? I definitely do think she is. Yeah. Why? Why? But, well, I'm a Clyde supporter, mm. and I've been listening to the show for weeks. And you keep, you know, used as well as well as Anne Budge, how it's bad for Hearts and bad for Arctic So getting relegated. Now, my team spent 10 years in the bottom tier of Scottish football mm-hmm. and, we've, and we've got out it we're 16 points clear at the bottom of the division just now but under Anne Budge's section she's going to relegate us back to the bottom mm-hmm. tier of Scottish football again along with Peterhead Forfa and Stenra and Cove Rangers who have won the league will not get promoted just to save Patrick Thistle and, and Hearts Surely that's unfair. Never mind what it's unfair for Hearts. No, I I, I see your point, but what you've got to remember, um, Andrew, uh, that Anne Budge is only putting forward a proposal that's to be voted on. So the likes of your club and any other club doesn't like it. They just vote no. Um, So she's trying to save a club. There's self-interest there, as there's self-interest. Every club, I get what you're saying about being condensed into three divisions and Clyde and the other clubs would be in the bottom division. The flip side of that, and I know it's maybe hard to to look upon it in a positive way. Just now, the flip side is you're you're only you're only one promotion away from being um, and the a, 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 yeah. on the verge of a, of the top flight, whereas mm-hmm. in the other setup you had. So there, there, there's pros and cons to it. But I'll go back to my original point. Um, <clears throat> regardless, I don't agree with reconstruction just now. I just think it's the wrong time for Scottish football. There's enough to be concentrating on. There's so much uncertainty. Why you would want to change the structure of it? just now is absolutely beyond me but it's up to the clubs to vote Andrew the decision is in the hands of your club and every other club it's, Andrew I just want to I know, I know that obviously I get what you mean because you, you mentioned for mm-hmm. there but you know that's the, the club I grew up supporting and they would be relegated into the bottom tier as well but the flip side is I'm not saying whether reconstruction should happen or not but if you look at it all if somebody said we have reconstruction and that saves clubs futures would you take it? Mm-hmm. No, at the moment, no. If you look at what Anne Budge says from right from the start, that no team will suffer financially or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, we will suffer financially and whatever she means. Because if you look at the league just now, the teams have got in the league at the moment. And if you go to the third tier or the bottom tier in Scottish football, look at the teams I've got then. The support is completely different. We have just gave Daniel Lennon a three-year contract mm-hmm. at Christmas here. We gave David Goodwill a three-year contract at Christmas here. We gave our goalkeeper a two-year contract. And you're going to put them back into a, a bottom-tier football again? We have tried to strengthen. But for 10 years, we've been in the doldrums. Mm-hmm. We've done everything to try and get out. We've been right down at the bottom. And now we're starting to make our way up. And because it's unfair to Hearts and Ann Budge, you want to put us away back down again. I mean, I'm listening to the, the comments yet. Panels, not just your show, every show. And they keep going at this, oh, it's hearts, it's good for Scottish. It's not good for, it's good for the Premier League. It's good for the top flight. Nobody ever mentions the, the bottom two tiers of Scottish football. He's jumped for the Championship to the Highlands League and the Lowlands League, how their two teams aren't coming up. Nobody talks about the other two leagues. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we, support uh, uh, as well. we listen to you as well. 
Yeah. They might not be as many as Rangers and Celtic and Hearts. Mm-hmm. But we still, we still go to the. It's still, still your club, club, Andrew. Yeah. You, you care as much about your mm-hmm. club as any Rangers, Celtic, Heart mm-hmm. supporter does about their club. And you're right, only because you're, there might only be 500 there on a Saturday or whatever. Doesn't mean you say you don't care any less about your club. I totally, mm-hmm. um, totally get that. But what would interest me, but as much as I don't agree with reconstruction and budget proposal, proposal apart from the fact that I think we know it's what 14, 14, and 14. Yeah. What else is there? What's what's the other substance to it? What's going to make other chairmen think, chairpersons think, I might vote for that. Actually, that that's I, I get that. You know, if they're thinking, I'm not sure what to do. What once they get in that room and they see the proposal, what's going mm-hmm. to make them vote uh, yes? Because there needs to be detail. There needs to be substance. There needs to be a bit of oomph in it. It needs to be sexy. It needs to be a lot to convince people um, to change. And mm-hmm. um, when, you, when you look at Andrew and the argument he makes on behalf of of his club, you'd ima- I'd imagine that, that that Clyde would be feeling the same way that that Andrews. Uh, feeling like I said away at the start um, I just think in terms of the votes as well I think it'll be a hard one to get over the line Yeah and thank you to Andrew Castlewilk for his call we've got Robert in Maryhill who's a party oh. thistle fan hello Robert Hello Hello Yes um, Just a wee point of view if that's okay um, with this week uh, reconstruction if it does go to plan with the 14-14-14 for two seasons mm-hmm. my opinion would be you know, I think I would cause a lot of mayhem after the two years because, you know, a lot of clubs then would be like, oh, what's going to happen well, then after, after, after that? Um, you know, if we're going to get relegated, if they finish in, like say, the bottom three of the Premiership or mm-hmm. the bottom three of the Championship, I think that would cause a lot of mayhem. It's either keep so the league or nothing for you, Robert. Aye, that, that's me being a party for so fan. I've accepted relegation now. End day, if you're a poor team and you are playing bad. End day, you deserve to be relegated. And my opinion, you know, this season, this season, this, we have we have been poor. We we have been poor. But even though we've got a game in hand, my opinion is no. We we do deserve to be relegated. What, uh, see, see on that, Alison. Do, do we know, Robert? Do we know that, well, that beyond yeah. the two years of of fourteen, fourteen, and fourteen, uh-huh. is there a is there a plan, an immediate plan that, that kicks in after that, or do we look at if we reconstruct the Re- reconstruction again, again after two years? What? Yeah. Um, so does the proposal include how you know year three, four, and five is going to work? What what we go back to, or how many is going down? What the playoffs are going to be like? Do we know that, or is it just fourteen, fourteen, and fourteen for two years, and then we'll deal with what we need to deal with? Because what you may find is When reconstruction talks Come back round again Whatever's on the table Clubs that are looking Maybe in danger Of being relegated At that time Aren't they you know, Maybe no vote for the reconstruction So again you know, That's all things that need to be Perhaps that information's out there But yeah. I don't I, I don't recall Reading something in black and white That no, says This is what will happen After the two Yeah it's initially This 14, 14, yeah. 14 For yeah. two years So do we go back to a 12 after that Do we go to a 16 Do we stay at 14 We look at it again And change it I know and it's the and uncertainty got to reconstruct the reconstruction oh, Come on So as, as Robert says It should be Reconstruction Happens and that's it permanently, mm-hmm. or you leave it as is yes. until someone comes up with a yep. reconstruction plan, which would then be permanent that everyone accepted. Yeah, Robert, is that your your point? Yeah, uh-huh, and um, also a B point as well. Mm. Um, like um, being a party Fissel fan, um, you know, um, hearing about oh, Fissel, how they want like fans helping out 
you know, you know, with, uh, with the, um, you know, like money and that. Mm-hmm. Is that not up to? Is that is that not why you there's clubs of directors or chairmen, you know, to try and kind of help, you know, help clubs out at this time, you know. You know, like, does it, it isn't party for so it's like, you know, really every club we said uh, a line, a, a line on fans, you know, because there's people at a work right now. You know, well, so is is that not why well, you, uh, well, there's chairmen and directors to try and help out with well, um, clubs right now? Well, absolutely, Mark. There there are people there, but these clubs they're just asking if you can. They're not saying you must give us money. They're yeah. saying if you can help us out, if you can afford to, if you want to make a donation, it's the same as not asking for your season ticket money for this season back. I suppose it helps the club out. It's just if it's you're donations. a fan, can you donate yeah, if, to if help can, us out? If you can to help us go over this period, it might be as much as actually to help us stay alive, to survive, or just to, to make sure we can keep staff in place. If you've got something you want to donate, all donations will be will be gratefully received. Absolutely. Well, that is about it for tonight. Thank you to Mark. I'll be back tomorrow night with Gordon DL. Callum Gallagher's up next.